0: We had a podcast about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, starting something awesome, and maybe even kicking your corporate stooge job to the curb. My name is Dan Benjamin. I'm joined here in Austin, Texas, the headquarters of 5x5 in our studio overlooking 183 in Mopac by Hattie Cook. Hattie, welcome to the program. Hi. How are you?
1: Good. I wish we were facing the construction, but...
0: We've got construction going on on the uh,
1: I get on the other though. side of the
0: building, and they are putting together a parking garage.
1: It's so cool, and it's, it's so cool. modular. Yeah, like, I didn't I know that. They'd... That's
0: how they they put stuff together. But it's like they take these big pieces of poured concrete.
1: It's like Legos, kind of.
0: And like, oh, here's a wall, and then but they brought out this a huge stairs. crane.
1: Oh yeah, huge crane. You can, see, I can it, see it from my apartment. Yeah,
0: across town. Yeah. And they've come to. They've come. They they lower these huge pieces, walls and floors, and uh, stairs. Even
1: yeah, we saw stairs today, just like being transported, like seven sets of them. And
0: yeah, like, and oh, it looks it, it okay. looks like something in Minecraft almost. <laughs>
1: right, just get, it's step one, get stairs. Okay, now what?
0: And it took them, I would say, the better part of two months.
1: To do the prep work, yeah, to
0: just flatten the land and remove because under here in Texas, if you dig down, it's just rock about two feet under. Yeah, under the that's surface,
1: nothing can really grow here very yeah. well.
0: Yeah, and so it took them forever to flatten this thing out. Every single day, busting up rock, and now they're actually really making pro- progress. So it's uh it's very good to see. So that's the latest from the five x five Austin headquarters.
1: There's always something.
0: There's always something going (laughs) on here in Austin, and uh, you know what we have we have some topics. But before we get to those, I just want to say that this last week has seen me driving around quite a bit more than I (laughs) usually do. I know we both are privileged in that we live and work very very close to the uh, the small box that is our studio, and it's very easy to get you know to get my kids to school to get here to work, to get to the grocery store, whatever. It, it, we're all... It's, convenient. It's right here. But today found me going... Oh, this week, in fact, found me going all around Austin, north...
1: South, super super far south, everywhere.
0: And a friend came into town. Yep. And a group of us decided that we would all go to dinner. Small group going to, uh, to an Austin restaurant in downtown because then, he was staying in downtown. It took hours to get down there and park hours to get <laughs> down there and park
1: so ridiculously early Crazy. that it was that it was almost comical
0: right you know, you're like, like we were meeting for okay. a six o'clock dinner i'm like well we should leave the op- you know what let's leave early <laughs> and then
1: 45 maybe
0: we'll run some errands on the way we, we got to go to stop, the post office and yeah <laughs> it took an hour and 15 <laughs> and minutes we were late. and we were late we were 15 minutes late
1: <laughs> parking was the worst though I don't know what's happened to Austin. It makes me feel sad,
0: even in two thousand eleven when I moved here, it was not even slightly like this. No, and I've never
1: seen that many cars downtown except for South by
0: right and, and now the point that's is normal. Austin's a great place to live, and everyone knows it yeah, and that's the problem. everyone knows it uh and but it, everyone
1: and that knows it is now moving here and making it not the best place in exactly.
0: The world. Well we've got a lot to talk about and you know our goal is always to keep these shows a reasonable length so i'm gonna do my best to do that I've got some links already uh open if you want to go and see the topics that we talked about on today's show you're gonna be able to do that by going to five by five dot t v slash quit slash one zero nine and we don't have a lot of links but a number of them are articles.
1: And I have some topics, too. And
0: they're worth reading. And that we'll, you told me to
1: wrote, wrote down. I told you
0: to wrote down. <laughs> wrote it, wrote it wrote down. Wrote it down, Hattie. Wrote it down. Okay. Well, one of the things I wanted to talk about is a tweet that a friend of the show, Jason Freed, said, and he, it, is a, it is a link, but I'll read the tweet, and then I'll read the comments because it's a really interesting thread that's right up the quit alley. He says, Pathetic. Even Apple is promoting workaholism now. Check out this ad for their Planet of the Apps show. And uh, since this is a radio program, I will describe.
1: Theater of the Mind.
0: Yes, uh, it shows a picture of a man. The man has what I would describe as a light, a light scruff of a beard. Hattie, can you confirm? The, am I describing that correctly? Yes,
1: he almost looks like an Italian pop singer. Is how mm-hmm. I would describe him.
0: Yeah, like the like living La Vita Loca guy. Or almost. Um,
1: what was that? It was like a, it was a, got a band of like three guys, and they were singers. It's like oh, Il Divo. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, of. I don't know then. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> no, I just, I just got to say, I could grow the quote unquote beard that he has that's, in about an hour.
1: You're already halfway there right now. Yeah. When did you shave last?
0: Yesterday he says and this is this is the and then it and then in typical apple fashion it has like a color over over the image so it's, it would be like a black and white image that has a color over it and the color is sort of purple and he says i rarely get to see my kids that's a risk you have to take let me read this again let me read this back to you again this is apple promoting their planet of the apps show which I have other I with con- a
1: quote from a with a CEO. quote from someone
0: I'm guessing he's a CEO of a startup or something that they're talking about and he says I rarely get to see my kids that's a risk you have to take now let's just let's, <laughs> let's just b- take
1: yeah before we go crazy let's break this down let's break it down <laughs> Hattie first of all because you want to go crazy <laughs>
0: not seeing your kids that's not a risk
1: no because you know what you have control over it
0: I'll give you an example of of a risk. A risk would be driving your car really, really fast on bald tires your, in the <laughs> rain. Right, or That's with your a, eyes closed. That is a risk. Um, some would argue driving a car at all is a risk. I acknowledge that, but that that would be that would be a risk. Um, throwing uh, a a sharpened knife at an apple balanced on someone's head as That's they're risky. tied up. To a spinning pinwheel. <laughs> that's a risk. Not seeing your kids. That's not a and risk. now I understand what he's trying to say. What he's trying to say is.
1: It's a. Um, in
0: order to get to the level of success that I want. I I am taking a risk. And a side product of that is that I'm not. I might see not. Kids. But yeah. any, anyway, listen. That That's not even the main point. The main no. point he's really saying is. I'm trying to make a go of this thing. And I'm giving it my all. I'm giving it my all and I know that I'm not going to be able to see my children while I do this thing and I'm okay with that. I'm o- Another translation would be I'm okay not seeing my kids because I'm working on a startup. I have never heard of something more effed up than this. Yeah, that's you, really messed up. I'm I'm doing everything I I try to Hattie I try to keep this a PG. I thought
1: this one wasn't a PG show though.
0: No, this is a PG show. Okay. I, I mean, I'm trying to keep it PG. I will try and keep it at PG. Do the
1: best I can. will say.
0: <laughs> and and listen, if this guy were calling up the show, if I see this guy in the street, you get a lot. Of, here's what you see in podcasting and on Twitter, Hattie. You see a lot of big talkers. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm not one of them. I will t- if listen. I will share my opinion with somebody. And if this guy walked into our little box of an office right now and said, what are you talking about? I would look him in the eyes and I would say this. You are a completely misguided fool if you think anything is worth not raising your kids properly. If you think it's okay to not see your kid. And there were plenty of times I will tell you where in order to build this business, that I sacrificed things, sacrificed uh, being with my family, sacrificed doing things I might have wanted to do. And if if I have any regrets, is that I, I didn't spend, and I spend a lot of time with my children now. I've spent a lot more time with them in the past. I've spent a lot of time with them relative to the other parents that I know I have and do spend a lot of time with my kids. I will say it's still not enough. And I regret the times when I missed uh being able to spend that extra time with them because I had to do something for work. And I have definitely uh made and forced them to make that sacrifice where I had to put work before being with my kids at some point. And if 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 this guy is saying, you know, I'm I'm okay with that, that's a risk you have to take, I can tell you it doesn't have to be that way and it shouldn't be that and way.
1: And also that's going to affect a lot of people, not just, well, I don't get to see my kids. Well, right. I'll, this is on the, a, on a movie out. that
0: people are watching. Your
1: wife or husband will miss out. Like everyone loses. It's.
0: And so Jason freed is known for a few things. If, if you don't know who Jason freed is, he is a friend of mine. He started uh 37 signals now known as base camp. What's special about this is uh, out of the, creation of Basecamp came ruby on rails the entire development platform the the uh the framework ruby on rails came out as a byproduct of this they released that they've done so much they uh released something called campfire which in many ways was the predecessor to slack although i don't hear people talking about that they should because that really was the the genesis of what slack is slack's better uh, but it was a, a slack is a new application built for a new age this was built years and years ago but a base camp was what they're really known for and one of the things that 37 signals and and jason uh, have always written about is about work-life balance and how important it is To maintain a work-life balance, they were one of the first people to say, "We don't care where our employees live or work. We're going to support telecommuting. We, um, you know, we're going to create an environment in the office that's really fun. People can come and go as they please." I think they did no work on Fridays or work on your own fun projects on Fridays before Google was doing it. If I'm right, anyway. They've always been huge about working smarter, working better, and that saying it is not necessary to put in 60 hours a week plus week after week after week, that that's in fact not healthy, that you will burn out, that that's not good for you or your the the work that you're doing or the family or whoever. Now, if you're like a single person and you don't have family and you don't have a social life and you want to fully throw yourself into work and nobody's going to lose out, well, more power to you. Let me just say, I rarely get to see my kids. That's a risk you have to take. No, it's not a risk you have to take. And don't tell
1: me what to do.
0: That's (laughs) one potential way for you to do things. And maybe that's right for this guy and his kids. But, and you know what? Here's what I will say. When your kids are really little, really little, like a year or two old, they don't really understand the concept of time very well. They I think they miss you when you're not there, but they're not really aware of you being gone the way they are when they're 4 years old, 5 years old up. It's very very different. If I like last night when we went to have dinner with Paul, um you know, the the group of us that went, I know a bunch of us were missing out on Uh, on being with our kids well i had to plan that i had to say to my wife listen i my friend's going to be in town we're going to go and have dinner on and 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 i'm going to miss doing i'm going to miss dinner at home and i'm going to miss bedtime this was a planned thing my wife sometimes goes out sees her friends we plan it out in advance a few days in advance this is what's going to happen, and." My kids did not like this and they let me know it. Well, we're going to miss you, dad. We're going to miss you. And, you know, and like the next morning I guilting. saw them, they, they were very <laughs> excited to see me. I was back. I was back. I was gone. I'm back. <laughs> it's even harder when you actually go on a trip, you know, because then you're gone for, for whole days at a time. They really notice when they're a little bit older. You can kind of get away with it when they're younger because they don't really, they don't really know. And you can kind of make right, up the time on the weekends. As
1: long, yeah.
0: Right. But like this guy's like, all, he's almost like proud of it. He's like proud of it. So here's some of the comments. A uh, person named Jeremy Quinton. This is just on on the uh, the Twitter thread. I'm reading this. He says, being an entrepreneur does require making sacrifices somewhere in your life. Jason replies and says, eight hours is plenty of time to do great work. Don't need to toss aside your kids to do great work. Hear, hear. <laughs> Dexter Talbert says, in quotes, work and being an entrepreneur are two different things. If you've ever run a business by yourself, you know, eight hours isn't enough. To which Jason replies, I've been running a business for 18 years. I started it and we're still at it profitable every year since we started eight hours or less days. And he says, so you should write us a book to share, to show us the secret. And he says, rework. Well, I'll put (laughs) rework. He wrote a book (laughs) called rework.
1: I love that he had an answer, which is, which is all (laughs) about all
0: of this. And he wrote that. He co authored it with uh, Jason Fried and David Hannemeyer Hansen, the founders of Basecamp. Uh, of <clears throat> Excuse me. So, this is, uh, this, this is what it talks about it talks about why business plans can be harmful, why you don't need outside investors, why you should ignore the competition, why you should work less than you think, why you don't need a big staff, why you don't have to be a workaholic why you don't need paperwork and meetings. You don't even need an office.
1: It's about the quality of the work that you're doing and the time that you give yourself.
0: You can get the hardcover version of this book for 13 bucks. The paperback is nine bucks. A Kindle is 13 bucks. If you're, if you like the stuff we talk about on this show, just (laughs) go get this. And while you're at it, get the lean startup too. I'll put both of these in the show notes. And I think we make like three cents if you buy them through our link. So do that. Uh, So then, uh, hold on. Then someone else says, he says, Tigran says, wow, it's so hard to believe this is an actual ad to which Jason says, I wish it was fake. I know. Um, then later on down in the thread, someone else says the dude in the picture claims he never said this. (laughs) And uh, Jason then says, well, then Apple has even more answering (laughs) to say, um, Where's the pressure to be ambitious coming from? And what does the word actually mean? And why can't eight hours a day be enough to do it? People in Europe, they don't work eight hours in a whole week. Now, of course, they don't get anything done and they haven't innovated in decades, but <laughs> they barely work over there. But they don't define themselves like we do in the United States. By our work. By our work. Yeah. It is a normal thing. If Hattie, if I was sitting down, let's say we were at a, a conference, uh-huh. right? Uh, I sat down next to you and you say, hello. I say, hi, what do you do? That's the first thing and I'm right. going to ask do you. Right, what
1: do you do is the very first thing.
0: But over there, that's insulting. You don't want to ask someone what they like, do. I'm not because defined. that's that's just their job. You see, that's not them. That's, that's not, not what they're about. That's not their life. That's not their identity. Right. That's like, oh, that's the thing that I that's do so su- I can have my life.
1: That's such a refreshing way to look at it. And I wish America was a little bit more like that.
0: I mean, here in America, we got to get stuff done because the rest of the world won't do it. No offense to our international <laughs> listeners. Well, actually, a little bit of offense to them. Oh yeah. A little bit, but I don't. I don't mean it in a bad way. I want to motivate them.
1: Oh yeah. Like I don't a light a little fire.
0: I don't believe that America is the greatest place in the whole world. I think it's a great place. I think there are a lot of great places out there. And I think every different culture and society could learn something from, a, from another culture. And one of the things I think we in America could really stand to learn from... I don't from, think
1: Americans are very happy. <laughs> right,
0: right. And it, you're... Exactly. I think that's something we could stand to learn. When, when you travel and you get to see how a lot of people in other countries, I'm especially thinking about Europe and places like that, the way that they live, there is a slower pace they do take more time to enjoy things, whether it's eating or, or taking
1: the things that they make, making bread or making right. food or, ma- you know, right.
0: There's, I guess, there's something there. Yeah. There's something there that we could stand to learn from. At and I think this,
1: that's why Americans love going to Europe is because yeah. we're like, Oh, <laughs> there's a different It seems way. <laughs> like they're always
0: on vacation. They take months off, months there's off lots a year of
1: bank holidays.
0: Every day is a bank holiday over there. Yeah. So long story short, Uh, I just thought this was worth bringing up because I will, I will just echo what Jason said. And that is really eight hours a day should be enough. And I am one of the, of, of the people that I know I'm, I, I I consider myself relative to the other people that I know um, to be very driven, highly driven. I would, would you agree? Is that yes? Yes. To perhaps to a fault. Um, And so it, it takes effort and energy for me to not,
1: you're not very think good about at, like, or relaxing. work on that thing that i
0: <laughs> i feel like i should be doing but one of the things that i've learned is that and you know there's a lot of people out there right now who are listening to the show who are in their 20s that's the time where if you're gonna if you're gonna work hard and you're gonna do that kind of thing that's the right time to do it because you've got energy you probably don't have a family yet um you, you know you you might have a significant other a spouse but. They might also be focusing on their career or other things, or you might want to travel and do all those things. Like, that's a really good time to do it. But when it comes time to having kids, I I mean, there are physical, you like, okay, so let me explain this a different way. I go to a gym and I work out two, three times a week, lifting heavy weights. It's not CrossFit. Calm down. (laughs) It's straight up strength training, power lifting. It is not. Uh, You're not
1: tossing a tire around.
0: I'm not rolling a tire around. I'm not putting a tire over my shoulders and running down the street. Any of you doing CrossFit? More power to you. Yeah, uh, it looks
1: it looks difficult. <laughs> it's
0: just it's not the way that I that I train. But I train I train hard in there, and there are people who come in there of all ages in this gym, and there, and this is a gym where it's mostly personal trainers. You don't like, it's not like a gold gym where you get a subscription, you show up whenever you want and you're kind of running yourself. This is a gym where it's your, you go into that gym and work with their trainers and they keep you doing things right. And people will come in there and there's younger people, there's people much, much older than me, but there's people who come in there in their college age, early twenties, mid twenties, and they can go all out. They can go a hundred percent. Every time they're, you know, putting all their energy into it. I can't do that because if I go 100%, there's a chance. Like, maybe I might hurt myself a little bit. I wouldn't hurt myself that way if I was 25 going all out. But 40 something, even late 30s, you, you run a different risk unless you've been training the whole time. If you've been an athlete since you were in your 20s and now you're 50, yeah, you can probably go 100% now. But it's very different. You have to be a little bit more careful. It's the same thing in business. It's the same thing working, working in a business as an entrepreneur, whatever you're doing. You can, at 25, work extremely long hours and push yourself really hard. But if you do that when you're 30 or 40, you can wind up burning yourself out, literally getting adrenal fatigue, getting, and that's real, getting other problems like that to the point where you will now have to climb out of that hole. And set yourself and back. You have
1: to work even harder to get out of the hole. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so don't do that. Eight hours should be enough. That really should be enough. Or that doesn't Just mean make your do...
1: hours count, I think, is the most make important thing. Make your hours thing.
0: count. I like that. You know, if you're going to if you're gonna put in the time, it's not the time doesn't measure your success. Exactly. The amount of hours that you work isn't a good measure of how successful you will be.
1: And I think that's what that quote is kind of saying is like I gave up seeing my kids. Like, well, it's not a competition, right? Like, like you know what? I can, <laughs> give, can up? give up. I can give up more stuff? than you. I can be more miserable than you can. Right?
0: Like, I can well, make I- my family more <laughs> miserable than you can make yours.
1: <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. I don't know, but I, I think a lot of people in, um, just that work nowadays, I think, feel that pressure to be like, oh, well. I missed out on this party because I had to go and work. Right. Like yes. it's a it's a sense it's a badge of honor that they're missing out on. It stuff. is
0: it is a badge of honor,
1: and I don't like that.
0: I, I I like the work hard, play hard. Yeah, but that's the thing is like you need you need to go and you need to set those limits for yourself. And if you're if you're in a culture, a, an office culture, a workplace culture that rewards the number of hours that you put in. And believe me, I've worked in lots of places like that. That is poisonous. That is a point. Listen to me, Silicon Valley. That is poisonous. Uh, get out of that. Yeah, You don't need that. Now, here's the thing. There are crunch times. There are sprints. There are other things where you say, oh my gosh, we've got to get this out the door. And there's a real reason the reason right. isn't the boss said that's when they wanted to do it, but there's a real tangible reason why you need to do right, that.
1: Your project's wrapping up. You need to get this by a yes. certain deadline and it's just, that's things different. Been moving that's quickly. different.
0: And that if you're not in Silicon Valley, you don't know if you're not in a startup, that's a different situation. That sucks. But sometimes you got to do it. I had a friend who's an architect and there were very real deadlines. In a lot of cases it meant like, they're going to be breaking ground on a certain day, <laughs> right? Right, and, and hundreds of thousands of dollars have been put down and on people that.
1: and workers will be making their lunches and coming into work, right?
0: And, <laughs> and like they might say, okay, this next two months we're going to be really working really hard, but after that they might not work for a couple weeks. They're going to take right. time off, or they're only going to do light days. They're going, you know, what I'm saying it's
1: like like you said. I think you've got to like have sprints. Yeah. You're, you're not sprinting. All, the, all time, the time, every day for years and years and years. You just can't do it. Doing bursts.
0: We would like to thank our first sponsor, FreshBooks. There, uh, if there, if there's a, a company or a business or service that I like to recommend to people in the space that we're in right now, very high on my list is FreshBooks. And I'll tell you why. We talk on this show about the importance of the commodity of time. We're talking about it right now. Uh, the commodity of time, the... The one currency that you cannot generate more of, no matter what, is time, and it's ticking away. FreshBooks saves you time. That's it. If you take away nothing else from this spot about FreshBooks, they're going to save you a significant amount of time. They're an invoicing solution, okay? so that they make it incredibly fast and easy to invoice your customers or your clients, the people that you are working with. It, it, there isn't a better way to do it there really isn't i was a freshbooks customer long before they were a sponsor and they've been a sponsor for a long time
1: i love it i always have like at least 3 freshbooks tabs open on my computer at all times that's how <laughs> we invoice
0: all the all the in fact we invoice freshbooks, 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 with,
1: FreshBooks. with freshbooks yeah
0: <laughs> they have rebuilt their platform from the ground up based on the way that people were using it they've taken simplicity and speed to a whole new level and they've added tons of new features And they're going to save you lots and lots of time. One of the ways that they do that is they make it really easy just to send that invoice, to create it, type it, send it away. Super easy to do that. They also do things that are really useful. Like you can see when your customer has opened and looked at that invoice. So it takes away- Or printed it. Or printed it. Mm -hmm. It takes away that mystery of like- Did
1: they even get it? Right they even get it and now like sometimes uh you know you I, spend
0: more time in FreshBooks. books I, I do
1: um but you know if, if i see an invoice hasn't been opened i'll go and i'll check with the person and they'll be like oh i didn't even see that and things like that because i can go in there and check and be like oh, i sent that a good few weeks ago and they haven't checked it yet so <laughs> and you can even build
0: in little reminders so it sends people reminders if they if they haven't paid oh, yeah. their invoice on that's time super helpful um, it, they have this project view that's really cool They've got, you can do online payments so that now in like two clicks, you can receive payments online. So if you're, if you're billing people and you want them to pay you right there, like they can go in and pay you and you get paid that way. They don't even have to send you a check, a multi-currency invoicing. Uh, I'm trying to think of a other. They got a really cool notification center. It's like a personal assistant. You know what's changed in your business. So when you log in, there's this really cool thing of like, here's everything that's happened since the last time you were here. Right, Super cool. Super cool. They have a special URL. It's freshbooks.com slash quit. And when you're signing up, enter quit in the how did you hear about us section. Uh, you're going to get a 30-day free trial with all the features built in. No credit card required. And again, that URL to go to is freshbooks.com slash quit. If you're an independent contractor, if you're a freelancer, if you run a small business, if you ever invoice anyone, if you ever design work, track of your hours, if you ever uh, need to scan in uh, receipts when you go on a trip, like it does all of this stuff. Freshbooks.com slash quit, enter quit, and how did you hear about us section. A couple other things I want to hit before we get to, I know you have some topics. Addie. Well, you,
1: well, you already—I already marked one of them off because okay. that was one of them.
0: Good, check checking boxes. Um, there is an article by Faran Najafi. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Uh, he works on the uh, global design team at Adobe, and he wrote an article that's called uh, "Creative Environments Lead to Creative Teams," and. He I'll just, I'll just jump in and read a little bit of this, Hattie. Designers are more likely to feel inspired when they can thrive in their environment. This concept is not breaking news, but it's a topic that I'm passionate about. Over the years, I've noticed that designer-friendly spaces are undervalued in many corporations. As a design leader who lives and breathes within the creative industry, I see an opportunity that many organizations can leverage, and it's pretty simple. Here's what he says. Creative minds need creative environments. And this is something that's interesting to me because... I've always argued that software development writing code
1: all you need is a room <laughs> Well yeah
0: but at the same time it is a creative endeavor Very because much so. for me I, my degree is in uh, is in technical writing and I've been writing since I was a kid I started uh, writing only shortly before I started programming and I can tell you that the way and this is funny because thinking doesn't re- you know thinking feels like you feel Right. You know, like if if I were to if you were to go home and start doing a puzzle, there's a part of your brain you're using to do that puzzle. Right. And that might feel the same that it feels if you were assembling uh, you know, an engine in a car. That part of your brain that works to assemble things and organize things and put them together and, feels yeah, a how certain things way. Things fit together. For me, the I I used to do design. I was never very good at. It. I was competent. Um, but never very good. But design, writing, coding, it feels like the same part of my brain is working. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that if I'm right about that, but that's just how it feels to me.
1: It feels activated for yeah. some reason and, and
0: the same thing, but it feels the same like I, like it feels the same to write as it does to to write code.
1: Well, you're in both situations, even though you know you might be you're what you're doing in both situations writing something book explaining something mm-hmm. or. You are coding something. You're creating, you're in the process of creating something that will never exist really in the physical world. You're creating it in your mind and then translating it to either coding or paper. Right. Whether you're explaining how something works. Right. Or making something, you know.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think. Intangible. Being, being in just that one room, that is all you need. But what, uh, what the author of this piece is saying is, you know what? You need more than that. And he says, when my designer colleagues and I joined design school back in the day, we had the opportunity to build our own surroundings, tailoring our space based on our needs, give us creative freedom and comfort, which activated our inner design genius. And he has some pictures here in this article showing all these different design spaces. He's got the School of Visual Arts in New York City. Eddie, can you see that picture on my screen? Yeah. And uh and then he's got, um, it's showing different places. And I mean, I don't even know how to describe this. It's got it shows people's desks with tons of stuff all over it. It's stuff hanging from the ceiling and stuff from the wall and creative projects. They've got a sewing machine and weird lighting. And um, they also have some pictures of the Art Center College of Design in, in Pasadena, which. Uh, they're doing like cars. There's a uh, car design. It looks like they're doing, and it's a very different looking place. But they've got these great pictures and photos and everything up on the walls and showing everything up there. That's just—it almost
1: looks like um like a bird's nest of of little things. I feel like they're nesting in their ideas and things that could inspire them. Color color combinations or right. shapes or the way things go together or type combinations and. It's it's something I think cuz I definitely did that. <laughs> my yeah. my dorm room was covered in from literally from floor to ceiling in magazine uh you know photographs and different design things you know, that, inspired that I you, liked. Yeah, or things that
0: made your brain start just, thinking. Right,
1: like what if I did something with those two colors? Like you never know where an idea is going to come from and it can start with something so little but I think that's why I mean that's a big reason why I love Pinterest and um, Instagram is I'm constantly I'm a big collector I would say big collector big hoarder of images in general.
0: Well, I'm putting I'm putting into the show notes the um, it's actually a whole episode. It you don't need to watch the whole episode. It's of a show called Ray Bradbury Theater which was out in the mid eighties. I think it started in 1985 and uh, Ray Bradbury, of course, the amazing uh, author of so many wonderful stories, short stories and books. And it shows Ray Bradbury. uh, I'm assuming this is his real office, but he had an office where he would go to write And as he enters the office and turns on the lights, it shows there's tons and tons of pictures (laughs) and trinkets and and things all over the place, all over his desk, all on the walls, pictures, hangings, everything that he's found. It's like his
1: whole thing is a mood board.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it's just and if you looked at it, you would say, oh, my God, this place is a horrible mess. But as he says in the beginning of the uh, of the intro, it sort of shows a panning shot across it. And it says, you know, what? What? uh, this is my workshop. This is where I get my ideas. And, you know, it shows him looking around at things. And as he sees them, it shows little clips of the different things. And, you know, look, there's a little guy with the little Abe Lincoln looking hat. Maybe I'm going to write a story about that. I've got a, you know, a submarine over here. There's a spaceship over here. And it's a thing. And all of this stuff is like leading him to to his, uh, you know, his, his stories that he writes. And there's something that the, the guy here says, um, I've seen many companies hire staging and interior design firms yeah. who are not always knowledgeable about the creative needs of designers. And he's saying designers. I think this is good for anyone who's doing yeah, anything I agree. creative. The DNA of an authentic design space lacks personality when it gets replicated in this way. Here's why. He says, design culture that's activated from within creative teams allows the employees who work there every day to thrive. I've been at a lot of these San Francisco startups, which as you walk through them, they seem like, wow, what a cool creative space. But the problem is they've been sort of
1: crafted
0: to to seem creative. As opposed to saying to the people who work there, do what you want. Make it your space.
1: I would even call it, it's well-designed space. I don't know if I would even call it creative space. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think think a designer did a very good job, um, but it's not... Right, like, don't choose my flower vase for me that everyone has on their desks. Right. Like... No, I'm going to put whatever I want on my desk, you know.
0: The article continues and it talks about common spaces and mindful living and all of these different uh, different things. But really the lesson is that your space that you're in should tell a story. And yep. I am a big fan of minimalist uh, design and everything put away and nothing out. That's me personally right? and what I like. and. Uh, but at the same time, looking at my desk, I've got this cool, um, you know, Green Goblin action figure on on his uh, glider. Uh, you
1: got your crystal.
0: I got I got my 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 cool crystal. I got a bunch of Pokemon stuff. I got my Buddha statue. I've got a little coiled up cobra toy. I had a little uh, green rubber alien sitting there. I got pictures of my kids. I got Lacroix things. You know it's it's not the style that I like, but these are the things that I enjoy looking at and thinking right. about and you know I got the k two s o action figure over there it, you have to have things that
1: when you look at they make you smile and
0: i I'm not gonna call anyone out, but we have some friends who have a design studio that is that very austere kind of look to it, and I always feel like that's like when I'm in a workplace, you know what look look at Hattie's desk. Look what's all over your and desk. And
1: you've actually had to
0: <laughs> I've had to force you to <laughs> cut know. back a little bit.
1: Because yeah. it was all
0: out of control. Well,
1: yeah. It was hard to put my laptop on the display. So yeah.
0: <laughs> but she's got all these little little you've got a couple black cat statues, you've got some yep. kind of obelisk of some kind. Yep. What Rocks, else
1: crystals, there? like a uh,
0: Little, you know, little, my little finger puppet finger
1: toy up there, my you little know, soft. and like
0: all of these things are the things that, and, and neither of us are, are actively doing something as, With them. as, as involved as design or whatever. Right. But yet still these are little distractions or little things that are good distractions. They're mm-hmm. good things that you can look at that inspire you to create in whatever space you're in. And so what I'm saying is that kind of space be having the freedom to be in a space that's conducive, to the way that you work, I don't understand how people go to coffee shops and work in coffee shops. I don't I've know. I've never been good because at that. because nothing there is your own. You're there no. on a laptop. There's noise from the things happening. There's doors slamming. There's people butting around. You never know where you're going to sit. You, you feel need like space. You're in the it's way. your own. You yeah. need space. It's your own, and you need to be able to make it your own to really be productive and effective. I think.
1: Yeah, like right now, my the size of my apartment and the the way it's laid out. Um, I don't have a kitchen table. I have like a a bar area, mm-hmm. but that is so not conducive to doing any kind of art work or anything. So the, when I've been in this apartment, I've been able to get really anything done where my last one, I had a, a pretty good kitchen table size and I could sit there and, and work on things, mm-hmm. but I don't have a, I don't have a surface right now. And right. it's, it, I definitely, I feel it. I feel that I don't have a space to work on, in or on
0: you've met ma- i've seen some gifts that you've made for family members and your paper crafting stuff like that yeah. and like that's important to have that outlet if your work yeah. isn't like a super creative thing but you're a creative person and you want to do stuff like making time for that again back to the eight hours a day thing you know yeah like you need to make time to go and do that kind of stuff, whether you're drawing or, or doing paper craft or, you know, sculpting something or maybe, you know what?
1: And it doesn't even have to be good, whatever you're making. All oh, right. Like, no just one has mess to see it, you just yeah. have fun.
0: You know, there's... And you don't
1: even have to be making a thing. Just start, start doing something. <laughs> you know,
0: I have to tell you, I, I used to, when I used to do all my own like lawn, I used to mow and edge and everything else. I used to derive a great deal of enjoyment from doing that. And it, it, it wasn't exactly creative because you're not, but you're still but you're
1: crafting doing something. something in the
0: world, mm-hmm. you know, you're creating, you, yeah, things. you're doing something <laughs> in the world and you can see it. And if you don't have something like that in your life, especially if you're like working in front of a computer and, and typing a lot and, and you don't really get to see a physical thing being made. I mean, we are physical beings and we make things in the world. So, you know, long story short, uh, maybe, maybe you need to go and and make something. Speaking of making something, maybe you want to go make, go website squarespace.com, right? They've been a supporter of ours for a very long time and we appreciate it. Most of our audience knows about Squarespace, but that doesn't necessarily mean you know it and are familiar with it or that you've made your own site with it. A lot of the time, people will stop me on the street while I'm walking. I'm walking down the street, and they'll they'll roll down their car window and they'll pull over to suddenly be like, "Dan, I need to make a website. What do I do?" And, and I first say, "You
1: say, get away from me. I'm you're a stranger." And right. Then- <laughs>
0: but then I'll I'll tell them go to Squarespace <laughs> and use the offer code quit to get ten percent off your first purchase. This is the thing. Award winning, beautifully designed responsive templates and there are so many of them if you want to do one of those really cool like single page landing page type sites it's like about me my business or whatever and it's like one page they have got templates for that if you want to put up photos images from your latest trip they've got a beautiful template many beautiful templates for that if you're a musician you want to put your your band stuff up there like you name it they have a website that will help you Uh, Do that, and then you can go and customize it and make it your own just by moving little sliders around, clicking little buttons. HTML, no CSS. Yeah, drag and drop everything. It's a genius, genius platform, and I would encourage anybody who needs a website to start with Squarespace first. Don't try and do this on your own. It's it's 2017 and beyond. You don't need to do this stuff on your own anymore there's squarespace and it's super affordable and they've got the built-in e-commerce and they've got a built-in thing that'll help you design your own logo like it's all there like go make your next website with squarespace this is the place to go use the code quit to get 10 percent off your first purchase and of course you'll be showing support for this program squarespace.com offer code quit thanks very much to squarespace for making it possible Running out, do We're running out of time. I know. Eighty percent. I found this was originally a Wall Street Journal article, but because nobody uh, pays for the Wall pays for Wall Street Journal. Street Journal anymore, so many other places <laughs> fortunately carry the same story. So we're able to uh, That's put not other links for Wall
1: Street Journal.
0: <laughs> well, they got to make their money, and they're doing it by charging for subscriptions. I respect that. I like having a direct relationship with the creator of the content.
1: Uh, But I found
0: I found a secondary site for people who are not on Wall Street Journal uh, subscriber uh, plans. Eighty percent of millennials say they want to buy a home. But listen to this. Less than most have less than one thousand dollars saved. I believe that. Uh, There's data from apartment list. Says, although 80% of millennials would like to purchase real estate, very few are in a good position to buy, largely because they have nothing saved. According to the report, 68% of millennials say they have less than $1,000 saved for a down payment. Almost half, 44% of millennials, say they have not saved anything for a down payment. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So they have two little charts here from apartment list. I've never heard of apartment list before that, but it. It shows these percentages broke down, and it shows them in age groups: two age groups, eighteen to twenty-four, and twenty-five to thirty-four. And it's it's just what I told you. It's absolutely insane. Uh almost half of both categ- age group categories have nothing. You know what? Only I- only about five percent of people eighteen to twenty-four have $10,000 or more saved. Um, About 10% of the age group, 25 to 34, that's primary child starting a family age, have $10,000 or more. The the overwhelming majority have $1,000 or less, including nothing. And then it says, how much of your monthly income are you saving for a down payment? Okay, so this is per month. Per month, 18 to 24 and 25 to 34, 40% Forty percent of those people are saving nothing every month. They're not even trying to save every month. That's the shocking or part. Or they don't
1: even know they should. be. Or they don't know and they I should think be. That's they, the real
0: problem. Or they don't even know how to do it. Hattie, listen
1: they, to. Th- yeah, they they can't rein in their spending enough to say, you know what? Maybe it would be better to have a house in ten years than to get this brand new stereo. Or
0: they're not even thinking <laughs> that far ahead. Uh, stereo. Twenty <laughs> percent of them. Are Less than 20% are saving $100 a month. About 10% are saving $200 a month. And it just goes down and down and down from there. It's unbelievable to me. It's unbelievable to me.
1: But I think a lot of millennials nowadays are too busy living in the moment and living their lives instead of planning. Because I think planning makes them feel uh, nervous mm-hmm. and locked down and weighed down by wow my actions actually have a consequence right oh my gosh and now i guess i should have been saving but i look i just looked up and i'm 38 and i don't have any money
0: (laughs) when you and then when you overlay that with this next thing i'm going to bring up it's really scary because 80 percent of the same people surveyed 80 percent are planning to buy a house or apartment. <laughs> Only 5% about, 5% in 2016, 5% expect to just always rent, okay? So 80% of people, and 14 percent's unsure, 80% of people
1: I'd like, yeah, I'll who, we at, who, who <laughs> they
0: asked <laughs> about this, who are saving nothing, are still thinking that they're going to buy. They don't know how, <laughs> yeah, but that's they're planning boring, to do so- it. And then then the final question is, well, when do they plan to buy? Um,
1: you think it's just shifted?
0: Uh, 35% of them say five years from now. <laughs> uh, so, the, Aww, but that doesn't line up if you're saving zero. <laughs> if you're saving zero.
1: But in five years, I'm going to be able to.
0: Yeah. Oh, in five years, I'm going to buy a house. I have nothing saved now, and I'm not saving anything. Uh, so...
1: Wow. The quote
0: millennials seem to have an expectation that they need a lot less for down payment than they actually do. For example, in Los Angeles, the market with the widest gap in expectation in reality, the actual median price of a condo is uh four hundred and twenty thousand oh dollars. <laughs> meaning that twenty point twenty percent down payment, which you need to do, is eighty four thousand eighty dollars. Respondents <laughs> in that reason region estimated that they will need thirty six thousand dollars. Which is left than, less than half of the actual amount that they need. Yep,
1: keep saving. So
0: they they <laughs> think they're going to need thirty six thousand dollars. They're going to need eighty four thousand dollars. And listen, their rent if they put that much down on a or, or mortgage rather on a four hundred twenty thousand dollar condo. Oh my gosh, they're still going to be paying two three thousand dollars a month. I was
1: going to say that's still really high rent. It's <laughs> <That is> crazy. <laughs> I mean, monthly payments. Ugh. Oh my gosh.
0: All right, and uh, the last thing I want to talk about, Hattie, because actually, Hattie needs to run away. I might. You might have to fly out of here. I might be doing solo for the end of this. Um, is a, an interesting article that came from the Dropbox blog.
1: Oh, yeah, did I find this one? Or did I, you think, find this
0: I thought one? you might have found this one. I wasn't keeping track. Um, It says, want to be more productive, quit multitasking.
1: Oh well, Yeah, that's one of my uh, things.
0: Nice. And uh, it starts out, and it says... Uh, Are you a pro at updating a spreadsheet while making an unrelated call or knocking out email responses while in a meeting? If so, you may pride yourself on being super efficient, but research suggests that multitasking actually makes us less productive. In fact, people who multitask all the time may be the worst at doing two things at once. And I have the original article that they're quoting this from, which is from Live Science. Heavy multitaskers are the worst at multitasking. (laughs) And it's says, so if it isn't really effective, why do it? Well, intuitively, it can feel like we're actually doing more in less time, no matter what the researchers say. And the idea of multitasking as the modern way to get more done is epidemic. Our jam-packed schedules contribute to the sense that we can and should be juggling several things at once. Our always-connected gadgets and apps keep dinging and buzzing, announcing that something else needs our attention. But studies show... That while it may feel like we're accomplishing a lot, multitasking is bad for productivity, stress levels, and even our brains.
1: I totally agree with all of that. (laughs) I mean. I'm horrible at. I think I'm good at multitasking when it comes to some things. But when it comes to work. I'm really bad at it. I'll start one thing and jump to the next and jump over here and then nothing gets done.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and that's the problem is if, let's just say, for example, you're, you're say, okay, this is the time I've set aside to do my email. I'm going to do my email now. So you start to, you start working on your email and then in the email, there's something you, oh, I need to go take care of this. So you pause that and you go start working on this other thing and you realize, oh man, I need this to do this other thing to finish this thing, to get back to that email. So now you're on the third thing. But really, nothing has happened. You haven't finished anything yet. Now it's time for lunch. Then you got a meeting. You come back. Okay, well, I... Now
1: you're sluggish from lunch. Right. What am I
0: supposed to do? They've actually done studies. Researchers estimate that multitasking can suck 40% of your day's productivity. Wow. So what are you supposed to do? They say the answer is simple. And of course, it's right there, isn't it? Single tasking. Single tasking.
1: And I feel like things like... Slack and things like that. Mm -hmm. I think that promotes the multitasking thing. I think it can really help you get a lot done. But I also think that sometimes it's kind of like constantly running. It's kind of like me leaving my email open all the time. It's like something, especially if you use it for something where people are asking things of you, it might be a draw for you.
0: This is a fact. Our brains work better when we're focusing on one thing where we are we're thinking about and working on and doing one thing everybody knows that they are uh that there is that zone that you get into and that zone is where you are getting things done and you're accomplishing things and it it feels good and you're like you're you're it's the same thing as like if you've ever gone on a long jog and you're like you don't even realize whoa, my feet are like moving and I'm not even thinking right, about like, how my cool feet are body. moving. How am I doing <laughs> that? You know, like if, if you get into that zone where you're doing it, that's how if you're not feeling that in your work in your day, then you're probably multitasking. So here's the tips from this blog, and I, I love these tips. They're all really good. I bet
1: you have good tips too.
0: I don't have any tips except <laughs> these. Uh notice yourself multitasking. It says multitasking may be such a habit that you're not even aware of how fractured your attention is. They say, start with your morning routine. Are you checking Facebook, making breakfast, responding to email simultaneously? How often are you burning the toast because you got lost in something else? When I'm, and it's a great example, when I'm making breakfast in the morning and it's important to eat breakfast unless you're doing intermittent fasting, different show, then you know, I'm not doing anything else when I'm doing it. I'm taking my time. I'm looking at everything. I think, okay, what am, what am I going to be making for breakfast? Oh, I'm making eggs and a piece of toast and I want some uh, tea or coffee or whatever. Each one of those things, be fully engaged when you do it. Be fully engaged in that thing that you're doing. When you're uh, make, brewing your tea, don't be thinking about, oh, right, when I get to work, I do that thing. Or, oh, I wonder if, uh, you know, if, if John's going to remember to bring that uh, thing I wanted to do. We talk about it. Right, like,
1: it's okay to take Be a
0: there with the tea. Look at the tea. Put the tea bag in the thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, be present for all of that. Because if you are, you will never measure out too little water. You will never, uh, you will never burn yourself on the kettle. Because you're fully there and paying full attention. Most of the mistakes that we make and the accidents that happen, most of them, are because we're not paying full attention.
1: Well, and I mean, I found that even when I do my makeup in the morning, you know, my morning routine of like washing my face, showering, all that stuff. If I'm listening to a podcast, it will take me like an extra 15 minutes To do everything, just because my mind is halfway there and halfway doing the thing I'm doing, and so I know that like if I'm running late or just you know like I need to be there at a certain time for something, I cannot have anything else going on. I need to completely focus on what I'm doing.
0: (laughs) Another tip they give you: turn off notifications. That's a good one. Uh, Silence your cell phone, mute email, news, and other app alerts. Determine preset times that you'll check in throughout the day. This can feel disconcerting at first, but you might be amazed at the level of focus you can achieve. I do that every day, and I've always done that. And that's yeah, why you're I, really good I at that. even though I really wanted to love the Apple Watch, oh, the notifications there, I don't have to look at my phone anymore. Well, guess what? You shouldn't be looking at your phone anyway. Yeah. If there's an emergency, you want to get reached. But I'll tell you what. You probably don't need any I'm I'm fine saying you don't need any of them notifications that are going off on your phone or on your thing. Oh, someone in Slack needed you, da da, da da. Listen, if you're really working on if you're my employee, I want you to be productive, I want you to be happy, I want you to be uh, relaxed and enjoying what you're doing. You can't do that if people are pinging you on IM, pinging you in, in, in messages, pinging yep. you on uh, in Slack, sending you emails. Your email's running all the time. You're checking all the time. Oh, my, my wife said, don't forget to get the eggs tonight. You know, whatever. Right. Like,
1: it kind of feels like it's been piling on, you know, right. and you're like, no, stop.
0: <laughs> you know what would be better would be, and you'd be more productive, would be to say, once an hour, I'm going to spend five or 10 minutes. I'm just going to look at all this crap. Right. So I've been working, you know what, I'm going to start, it's it's 1pm, I'm going to work until right around 2. At 2 o'clock, I'll look, oh right, it's 2 o'clock, now I get to screw around and look at all this stupid or, stuff for right, 15 minutes. Or
1: leave it, you know what, until lunchtime.
0: Right, do it at lunch, take a break. It's fine to take breaks, it's fine to work for a bit, play for a bit, work for a bit, right. play for a bit, but make that a, designated s- a separate time. designated time for it. Another one says, consider your environment. Acquire it. Workspace is best for most people who are trying to focus. It says extroverts are better at filtering out background noise than introverts. I can see that. Uh, But consider your space. It says build in time to focus focused work needs chunks of time. So create spaces in your day that are free of distractions and non interruptible. Maybe you like doing the multitasking thing and you like your notifications and that's fine, but you're going to go. We, we used to do this all the time back when I worked from home and the only way that we communicated with our fellow coworkers were in chat and IM and other message and things like that. So what we would do is we had a little term that we used to use. And I think Hattie, this should be the title for today's show cone of silence. I love that. Where what we would say is, I am entering the cone of silence now. And we would set our status to away, and the message for the away would be cone of silence. I
1: love that. That's when away messages meant. No, seriously, I I'm really can't away. talk right, right. now. <laughs> the- but
0: when, when you saw one of us with not just a away, but with Cone of Silence, that you meant were like, they Don't. were heads down working on something. And everybody needs to enter the Cone of Silence for a period of time every day to get stuff done. Maybe your Cone of Silence is five hours long. Maybe it's one hour long. Maybe it's three separate. I think separate- your
1: Cone of Silence is much longer than mine. Yeah. Mine is about 15 minutes. <laughs> right.
0: But you need that. And you might say, you know what? I'm going to be in the Cone of Silence from 10 until lunchtime. And that's what I do every day. Like I get in, I talk to people, I get the stuff done and social, whatever, but then like from 10 to noon, like I'm in the cone of silence. That's it. And maybe you go into it again in the afternoon, but you need that to get your stuff done. And finally it says shut down online distractions. It says um, breaks are good. The kind of break that helps focus productivity is a short walk that gives your brain a rest rather than engaging in a slew of social media posts. If the temptation to check Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is too strong, a quick search can help you find an app to block them. They actually make abs that block this stuff for you. So... There you go. Multitasking. Bad for us. I put a bunch of links into the show notes you can find. Uh before we wrap up, we've got one more sponsor to thank. And I, I love these uh these people. They're so awesome. Well and
1: we were talking about uh traveling to to Europe and, and yes. seeing all the great things that uh the European countries can can offer.
0: Yes, and so maybe we should have done the spot back then. Maybe we can. We'll just put it there and drop it in. We I could. mean this whole show will never air, right. so uh, it's away. Away.
1: Get away.
0: Away. <laughs> Awaytravel.com, in fact, they have made the perfect luggage. They have created special objects. They're designed to be resilient, resourceful, and essential to the way you travel today. They asked thousands of people, How do you pack? Why do you travel? What bugs you the most about your luggage? And they designed a bag that solved a few old problems like sticky wheels and a few new ones too, like dead cell phones. So what have they done? They have made this amazing polycarbonate, unrivaled in strength. It has the impact resistance and it's super lightweight. They've got a compression system, which is the right way to pack. If you've never used compression systems to pack, you should. This is built in. It's the best. They've got 360-degree spinner wheels so that it's a smooth ride. Listen, you're like, oh, I don't want the spinning wheel thing. You do because what happens is when you're in line at the airport or in line anywhere, you don't want to have to pull the thing behind you or pick it up and move it. You want it to be upright, and you just grab the handle and hold on to it, and it goes with you with these wheels that spin around. TSA-approved combo lock built into the top of the bag, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, They have a removable laundry bag so that when you are on a trip, you put your dirty clothes in there. You're not confused. Oh, wait, which ones did I wear? No, they're in the special bag. They've got uh, this carry-on that they make. It has a little charger built in so that you can charge your cell phone, your tablet, your e-reader, whatever else you've got with a USB cord. You just plug it in and it charges it and, and it will charge an iPhone five times. When you charge this thing up five times
1: fighting for the uh, plugs in the airport. That's right.
0: And if anything breaks, they will fix it or replace it for life. And the best part, a hundred day trial. You get to live with this thing and travel with it. They want you to use it. And if at any point in a hundred days, if you've gone on a hundred trips in a hundred days, that's fine. They don't care if it's not for you, you can return it. You get a full refund. No questions asked. Free shipping. Within the continental United States, carry-on sizes are compliant with all major U.S. airlines. And uh, they've even got a retail store up in fancy New York City. So go check it out if you're there. If not, check it out online, awaytravel.com slash quit. Let me say that again, awaytravel.com slash quit. Use the promo code quit when you check out. You'll get $20 off your suitcase great deal I love this I have one I use the heck out of it it's my it's my main bag now and uh, I will uh, use it forever and we appreciate away sponsoring the show away dot com slash quit use code quit for $20 off your suitcase and Hattie with that we must wrap the show we bid
1: you adieu.
0: adieu have a great uh, a great week weekend whenever you're listening have yeah. a good time and remember what we told you Relax and get in that cone of silence.